0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message.
1: Nehemiah chapter number 9 and verse number 16. The Bible says, But they and our fathers dealt proudly, and hardened their necks, and hearkened not to thy commandments, verse 17, and refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in the rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Yea, when they had made them a molten calf, and said, This is thy God that brought thee out of Egypt, and had wrought great provocations. Yet thou, in thy manifold mercies, forsakest them not in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day, to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night, to show them light, and the way wherein they should go. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth and gave us them water for their thirst. Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. Amen. And
0: you uh, may be seated. We'll have a word of prayer, and we'll get into the message for this morning. Our Father, we love you, and we are so thankful for your word. Uh, We so often take it for granted. We have the privilege to... To own a copy, we have the privilege to read it, to study it, to live it, and yet so many times we uh, neglect it. I pray you'd forgive us for that, but help us this morning. I pray that we would not miss uh, these truths, and may we listen, may we be receptive, and I pray, Holy Spirit of God, you'd work in our hearts concerning this truth and this message today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to draw your attention to verse number 19, where I'm going to try to cover uh, many of these verses today. But it says in verse 19, yet thou, speaking of God, thou in thy manifold mercies. Now, this, this chapter is such an amazing chapter. I, of course, last week I was gone. I thank uh, Brother Nathan, Brother Dan for filling in last week. And uh, those services were good. I heard so many good reports. But if you remember from chapter 9, we have seen uh, Israel's plea. They were praying. They were begging God. They were fasting. And then they took some time to praise God, and they they talked about all that God had done. We get to verse number 15. It talks about God gave them bread and gave them water, and He he promised that they would go and possess the land. But then verse 16, it says, but they and our fathers dealt proudly. Uh, Isn't that just like us sometimes? God is so good. God blesses us so much, and yet even still... We forsake God. We, 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 we stiffen our necks at God. We get stubborn. We become proud. And it says in verse 19, yet God in his manifold mercies, that word manifold, it means much, many, great, abundant. Did you know God is not just a God of mercy, but he is a God of many mercies. He is a God of much mercy. He is a God of abundant mercy. And I'd like for you to see in this passage, the mercies and the goodness of God in spite of God's people. Verse number 16, we see the failure of God's people. Verse number 16, it says, they dealt proudly. They hardened their necks. They hearkened not to thy commandments. Verse number 17, they refused to obey. Verse 17, in their rebellion, they appointed a captain to return to their bondage. Now, we read these verses, and I think many times we read the verses, but we don't really let it register. But do you realize what this is saying? This is a history of the nation of Israel. And they have come out of Egypt. God set them free from slavery and from bondage. And God worked miracle after miracle. He brought them into the wilderness. He was leading them to the promised land. And yet God's people got to thinking. Did you know that's a dangerous thing to do sometimes? Because sometimes our thinking doesn't make a lot of sense. As a matter of fact, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. And they started thinking, you know what? We should go back to Egypt. As a matter of fact, let's appoint a captain. Let's put, let's put somebody in charge of this committee. And let's go back to Egypt where we were in bondage. And we think, how in the world could they do that? But yet, that's what we do. God has saved us. He has redeemed us. He has purchased us with His blood. We've been set free from the chains of sin. And yet, sometimes... We look at all that God has done and we say, yeah, I think I might go back to the old life. Why would you want to go back to the old life? Why would you want to go back to living for the world, the flesh and the devil? And why would you want to to forfeit all the blessings of God? Why would you want to literally step over the manifold mercies of God and go back to the bondage of sin? But yet that's what we do. We see number one, the failure of God's people. They dealt proudly. Have you ever dealt proudly? Yeah, I have. Brother Dan was teaching in Sunday school today and he was talking about how that uh, only by pride cometh contention. You know, God still hates pride. I think we know that. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. Number one on that list is a proud look. God hates it. See, how much does God hate it? He hates it so much in the book of James. It says, God resisteth the proud. You know what that means? Did you you watch any football yesterday? I shouldn't have brought that up for some of you. But uh, did you watch any football? You know what those runners do when they're trying to be tackled? They try to stiff arm. They try to push off. They'll they'll ram through. They are not going down. And you know what God does to the proud? He resists the proud. But he giveth grace to the humble. I tell you, I want God's grace. I need God's grace. I'm going to have to be humble. It says they dealt proudly. They, they hardened their necks. That's as if to say, I said no, and I'm going to show you just how much I mean it, God. I am not going to do what you say. It's like digging in. It's, it's saying, Brother Dan, you talked about this in Sunday school. It's like out of pride, you are saying, oh no, even if I'm wrong, I'm not giving in now. They dealt proudly. They, they hardened their necks. They hearkened not and they refused to obey. See the failure of God's people. Number two, I want you to see in this passage the forgetfulness of God's people. Now, verse number 17 is a very, very powerful verse because it says that they refused to obey. But then it goes on to say, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but they hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return their bondage. We see the forgetfulness of God's people. The word mindful in this passage, it means to remember, to recall, to think on. It says they were not mindful, they were not remembering the wonders, the miracles that God had done. Now, this term wonders is used a lot in the book of Exodus, It's used a lot in the book of Psalms and it refers to the the wonders, the miracles, the plagues that God did in Egypt. Remember those 10 plagues? And the children of Israel had just seen that. They had just experienced those wonders and now here they are in the wilderness and it's like they have forgotten everything. Now, can I say you might forget one out of 10 You might forget two or three out of ten, but when you just forget all of it, a wonder is something that is extraordinary. It's, it's, it's literally a miracle. If you've ever been through a very serious earthquake, and some, some in this room have, you remember that. If you've ever been through a very severe tornado or very severe hurricane, you remember that. These children of Israel should have remembered those plagues. Uh, the, 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 the locusts and the frogs and the water turning to blood and the darkness and certainly the death of the first. They should have remembered these, but they didn't remember any of them. I was telling the students in chapel on Tuesday, uh, we had our Thanksgiving chapel in here for Victory Christian Academy. And I told the students, I, and I, I hadn't told my wife, so I'll confess it now, but sometimes my wife will send me to the grocery store. And I'm not the grocery shopper, and, and there's a reason why I'm not the grocery shopper, and I'll tell you why. She'll send me the grocery store to get just a few things. Let's just say three or four things. You know, I have an amazing ability. I can go to the grocery store for three or four things, and I can come back with 10 or 15, and that's not the best part. The best part is, and I forget the three or four she gave me. Now, there, now fellas, you don't have to admit this. I'm not asking you to bail me out because I'm sure there are others, but I don't want to get you in trouble too. But you know what I've done before? I've come back and I've pulled in the driveway and I've realized, it's hit me. Oh, that was the last thing. So you know what I'll do? I'll turn that car back on and I'll go right back to the grocery store and I'll get that thing. So we all can forget occasionally, but here's the thing, the children of Israel, they forgot it all. All of those plagues, all of those miracles, all of the mighty acts of God, they forgot it all. They forgot the parting of the Red Sea. They forgot how God drowned Pharaoh. They forgot everything. They forgot the miracles of God. I'd say that's pretty bad. Would you not agree? That's a pretty bad case of forgetfulness, to forget all that God had done. How about this? What if I came to the church tomorrow morning And I walked into the church and I walked by the secretary's office and Miss Odell is our church secretary. And I walked by the secretary's office and I I looked in and I said, "Um, excuse me, ma'am, what's your name? She'd think there was a joke. She'd think there was some hidden camera. And she's thinking, well, uh, pastor, uh, I think you know my name. You know, I work here every day. And oh, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I I forgot. And I look at the sign. Oh, yeah, Odell. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, I got it. And then I walk down the hall and I see Brother Nathan and uh, I, I poke my head in his office and I say, what was your name again? Who are you? He'd say, pastor's lost it. Pastor has lost his mind. And then I go over to the school and I see Brother Dan and Miss Kelly and the teachers over there and, and, and I'm, I'm acting like I don't even know them, like, like I have forgotten who they are. I'd say that'd be pretty bad. It's pretty bad to forget things, but I think it's even worse when you forget people. What if I went home today and uh, I saw Lacey and Savannah and I said, now, girls, I know I've seen you somewhere before, but um, can you remind me? uh, What's your name? Who are you? And then I saw my wife and I said, now, um, what's that name again? I I tell you what, I wouldn't be going back to that house again, right? (laughs) I'd be in the doghouse. But I'd say that's pretty bad when you forget people. Well, here's the problem. Children of Israel didn't just forget the wonders of God. They didn't just forget the miracles of God. But the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten the God that formed thee. You know what their problem was? They forgot God. They didn't just forget the miracles. They forgot God. They forgot that God was the one that created them. It was God that loved them. It was God that saved them. It was God that brought them out of Egypt. And they forgot. Jeremiah says it like this. Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. You see, I think that's our problem today. I don't think it's just that we have forgotten the miracles and just that we've forgotten the blessings. Although sometimes that is a result or that is a side effect. But I think if we're honest, there's sometimes where we've just forgotten God. We've forgotten how much He loves us. The song in our hymn book says, the wonder of it all, just to think that God loves me. Friend, that's a miracle right there. That's a miracle that God would love you and God would love me. He'd love us so much that He would send His Son to die on the cross for sinners like us. That is a miracle. That is a wonder. But yet we have forgotten. We have forgotten the greatest wonder of all. The Bible says in Isaiah 9, His name shall be called Wonderful. You know what that word wonderful means? It means miraculous. It's a mystery. There's not even a way that we can describe the greatness and the might and the power of God. And that is who Jesus is. His name is Wonderful. And yet we've forgotten Him. I'll say also, I think we have forgotten what God did when He saved us. D.L. Moody and Ira Sankey were traveling on an evangelistic meeting in Britain. Dr. Moody was very concerned. There was a group of people that were being neglected and no one was preaching to them. It was the gypsies. And one particular time, D.L. Moody and Ira Sankey, they went and they began to have revivals among the gypsy encampments. And many of those gypsies came to Christ. There was a young man as they were leaving that came by and Ira Sankey put his hand on his head and he said, Lord, I pray that this boy would get saved if he's not. And I pray that you'd make a preacher out of him. Many years later, that boy, we know him as Gypsy Smith. He became a great preacher. He became a great evangelist and God used him mightily. Years later, he came back and he saw Mr. Sankey. Mr. Sankey was uh, blind and very old and getting close to death. And he asked Ira Sankey, he said, do you remember that day? And Mr. Sankey said, I sure do. Gypsy Smith said, and sir, so do I. He said, every time I preach, he said, it's almost as if I still, still feel the pressure of your hand on my head as you prayed for God to make me a preacher. Gypsy Smith continued his ministry for about 50 years preaching, revival, souls being saved, God doing great things. There was a man that came to Gypsy Smith uh, in when he was in his 80s and he said, Mr. Smith, he said, I remember when you started preaching 50 years ago. He said, here you are 50 years later. And he said, you're still preaching with the same fire. He said, you're still preaching with the same zeal and the same passion. He said, what's your secret? And Gypsy Smith answered that man and said, sir, It's because I've never lost the wonder of it all. You know what he was saying? He said, I love serving God today in my 80s because I can't get over the fact that I'm saved. I can't get over what God has done. And friend, I want to tell you at Victory Baptist Church, if you've been saved for any length of time, don't get over the wonder of it. Don't lose the miracle of salvation and don't ever forget what God has done in your life. It is a miracle that God would save us. I see the failure of God's people. Number two, I see the forgetfulness of God's people. They forgot the wonders. They forgot the miracles. But then I see number three, I see the faithfulness of God. It tells us in verse number 17 that they were in rebellion. They wanted to appoint a captain to return to their bondage. But it says in verse 17, But thou art a God ready to what? To pardon. Thou art a God that is gracious and merciful and slow to what? Hallelujah for a God that's slow to anger. It's a good thing you're not God. It's a good thing I'm not God. There wouldn't be anything left. But aren't you glad that God is slow to anger? He is of great kindness and He forsookest them not. God has never forsaken us. And then we get to verse 19. They've set up a molten calf, verse 18, and they said, hey, this is your God. This is the God that brought you out of Egypt. Friend, how in the world does a golden calf that comes out of a fire that you just got done making, how does that thing get the credit for where you are? I want to tell you, the only person that deserves any glory in your life is God. He's the one that brought you here. He's the one that created you. He's the one that saved you. Then verse number 19, yet in thy manifold mercies, thou forsookest them not in the wilderness. That's just the mercy of God that he didn't forsake them and turn his back on them. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way wherein they should go. You see, we see the faithfulness of God in spite of the failure of his people. And in spite of the forgetfulness of his people, God was still faithful. Now time out. We attribute faithfulness like this. We say, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a business transaction. It's like a deal. I will show up to work tomorrow as long as my boss really appreciates me. How many of you know that's not the reason you show up to work? Because about none of you would be showing up to work tomorrow, right? Probably including my staff. They'd say, yeah, pastor, we're, not, we're out of here. Well, we don't show up to work and be faithful to a job just because of the recognition. Although, by the way, as, as bosses and as employers, we ought to show appreciation. We ought to show our gratitude and we ought to give credit to whom credit is due. But that's not faithfulness. Faithfulness is not, I will be good to my spouse as long as my spouse is good to me. So I say, all right, Joanna, as long as you do this and as long as you do this, then I'll do this. But if you don't, deals off, bets are off. You know, we all, we would say, that's crazy. Faithfulness is not doing something just for what you get in return. Faithfulness is, I'm gonna show up even if I get nothing in return. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my job even if nobody notices. How about this? Faithfulness to church. I'll be faithful to church as long as God keeps blessing me. But if God's not going to bless me, then I'm not going to be fa- No, 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 no. You missed it. That's not faithfulness. Faithfulness is, I'm going to do what's right. And I'm going to do what's supposed to what I'm supposed to do even if God doesn't bless me. Even if nobody notices. Even if nobody pats me on the back. I'm going to do what is right and I'm going to be faithful to God because that is what is expected of servants. That is what is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. And so here's the amazing part is that God was faithful to his people in spite of the fact that they were not Faithful to Him. Let me show you quickly a few things. We saw in verse 17, He's ready to pardon. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger. He's of great kindness, not forsaking His people. Verse 19, manifold mercies. Uh, He had a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire that led them and that lighted their path. Let me give you a few thoughts here about God's faithfulness. Notice what it says in verse number 20. Thou gavest also thy good spirit. To instruct them, You want to talk about the faithfulness of God? Let's talk about the Spirit of God that indwells us. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. And you know what this verse says? The Holy Spirit, He's a good spirit. He is good to you. He is good to me. You know what it says? He instructs us. That's interesting because in the New Testament, the Bible says that the Spirit of truth, He leads us and guides us into all truth. Do you have anything in your life that you can't understand? You can't seem to figure out? Well, you can beat your head against the wall all you want. But if you want to figure it out, you go to the teacher. Uh, for, for students, maybe you're, maybe you're a, a student in, in school. Some of our college students are home. And if you've got a problem, you go to the teacher. And the teacher will show you and you'll say, How did I not see that? I spent four hours last night trying to figure that out. And here you showed me in 30 seconds how to figure it out. I thank God for teachers in my life. Tuesday in the chapel, I showed our our students one of the teachers I had when I was in second grade and I had a picture up. It was, it's been a long time. Let me tell you, but I thank God for teachers. My dad was my teacher when I was in high school. He taught in our Christian school in Rockford, Illinois. He was a good teacher. And and if I didn't understand something, I, I would ask him and it was amazing how he could explain it. Did you know the Holy Spirit wants to help you understand? That's why we get in the Bible and we get in prayer and we ask God to show us and and open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. God is faithful in his spirit. Secondly, I see God is faithful in the scriptures. The Bible says that God gave his good spirit to instruct them and he withheld this not thy manna from their mouth. You know what? You know what this book is? This is Bread. This is, this is what your food is for this week spiritually. You gotta have the food. You gotta have the bread. And you know, God is so faithful. He has given us his word. You don't even have to wait till next Sunday to get more Bible. You don't have to wait for Wednesday night Bible study. You can go home today and you can open the pages of scripture and you can be fed spiritually from the word of God. I see the spirit, the scriptures. Thirdly, I see satisfaction. God gave them water for their thirst. Isn't that just like God? He knows exactly what you need and He satisfies your every need. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I see the Spirit of God, the Scripture, satisfaction. Then I see the sustenance. The Bible says in verse 21, Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness. Depending on which Bible scholar you read after. Some would say there were a million and a half Jews. Some would say there were many more than that. But can you imagine feeding a million and a half people every day for 40 years? Some of you just experienced a Thanksgiving where you were trying to feed 20 people or 30 people for one meal. Can you imagine feeding over a million people for 40 years every single day and God didn't have Food Lion? And he didn't have Walmart and he didn't have the grocery store. He didn't have all that. As a matter of fact, they didn't even have fields planted in the wilderness. They didn't even have crops. They didn't even have uh, the orchards where they could just go pick off the trees. That was gonna be in Canaan. But in the wilderness, they didn't have that. But you know what God did? He took care of them every single day. And you know what God promises He's going to do for you? He's going to take care of you. Uh, be not dismayed, whatever be tied. God will take care of you. God sustained His people. The Bible says in verse number 21, 40 years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness so that they lacked what? Nothing. They, they didn't lack anything. That word lack. Is the same word as Psalm 23, where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word want and this word lacked are the same exact word. And you know what? God is a good shepherd, and he's going to make sure you are not going to go without. He will supply your needs. Then I see next, God gave them space. Some of you are getting ready to enjoy your space again. You had your space invaded maybe over Thanksgiving and people came and people were sleeping on the floors or sleeping on the couches, or maybe they weren't sleeping on the floors or couches, but maybe you felt like they were staying long enough that they weren't going to go home and they were going to stay with you. But God gave his people space. Notice what it says in verse number 22, thou gavest them kingdoms and nations and didst divide them into corners and they possessed the land. God gave them space. Next, God gave them sons and daughters. Verse 23, their children also multiplied thou as the stars of heaven. We see God gave them children. We see God gave them safety. It says in verse 23 that he brought them into the land concerning which thou hadst promised to their fathers that they should go in to possess it. Anytime you take a trip, there's always the concern for safety. Uh, the pastor Zavotsky and his family, they just drove about 700 and some miles yesterday from Michigan here. There's always that concern. Many of you that traveled over Thanksgiving, there's a concern for safety on any trip. I told you on Tuesday night, I told you about my wife and I, our experience last week driving through Pennsylvania in the snow on the two-lane highways going up and down those mountains. That was concerning. For the children of Israel, they had a trip. And their trip was going through hostile territory. Their trip was with their children, with their families, with all that they possessed. And yet God took them safely from point A to point B. God protected them. Aren't you thankful for the protection of God? Aren't you thankful that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him? We see the safety. Next, we see the submission of their enemies. The Bible says that God subdued, verse 24, He subdued the enemies, the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites. He gave us them into their hands with their kings and the people of their land that they might do with them as they would. They were going into a land that was occupied and those people were not wanting to give up their land. They were not wanting to fall over and lay down and die. But God gave them the ability to have victory over their enemies. Did you know God can give you victory over your enemies? God can give you victory over your problems. God can give you victory over whatever the obstacle is in your way. God subdued the enemies. He gave them the submission of their enemies. And lastly, I see God gave them a supply. It says in verse 25, "...and they took strong cities." And a fat land. That word "fat" means rich. And they possessed houses that were full of all goods, wells that were already digged, and vineyards and oliveyards and fruit trees in abundance. So they did eat and were filled and became fat and delighted th- themselves in thy great goodness. Now, sometimes we think about the children of Israel and, and we think about them going into the promised land, and we think, you know. Whew, It was like a war zone, you know, everything was destroyed. Oh no, Jericho, that city was destroyed. And of course they went in and spoiled that city and that was dedicated to God. That was the first fruits of the land. But for the rest of the promised land, you know what they walked into? They walked into houses that were already built, cities that were already there, gardens that were already planted. Trees that were fruit trees that were already planted, uh, vineyards and oliveyards. everything was there. And the Bible says it was a rich land. God supplied their needs beyond anything they could imagine. Now, here we are today at Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids. And I, I am convinced, I know that there, there's, there's many, there are many folks in this room, you've got great needs and you've got great burdens and you can't fix it and you can't figure it out. Well, you know what God can do? He can supply your need, and He can do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. The children of Israel, they left Egypt. They had the clothes on their backs. They had whatever they could carry. They wandered in that wilderness for 40 years. They didn't have much, but God says, you don't need much. You've got me. And he said, and I will give you the promised land. I'll give you all of the abundance of land. I'll give you all the fruit. I'll give you more than you could even imagine if you'll trust me. How come God would do that for his people who are not faithful? Because God's faithfulness is not dependent upon our good deeds. But God's faithfulness is dependent upon his word and his character. God is faithful. We sang the hymn this morning. I didn't ask Brother Nathan to sing it, but I'm glad we did. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm thankful that we have a God who is faithful. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.